Welcome, everyone. I want to start by telling you why this podcast exists. Here's the thing. If you get out of bed in the morning, you are impacting someone with your life. We are telling a story, and every day is like one chapter in that story. The time will come when there are no more chapters to write, and the people we care about and the people that come after us will simply be reading our book. I don't know about you, but I am not that great of a storyteller, so I have to find an outline to follow. The most amazing outline that I have found is the one that Jesus gave us with his life. This podcast is about talking to people using that outline to write their own amazing stories. Our podcast is produced by Be Fun, Be Kind Podcasts. If you would like to explore podcasting yourself, Check out BeFunBeCon.com to learn how to create impactful conversation through podcasting. That's also where you can learn more about our mission and even partner with us through our journey. You can find us at BeFunBeCon.com forward slash Jesus taught me that. We would also love if you would just share this podcast with someone. Let's get started. Alicia and Whitney, it is great to have you guys back on. We had a podcast episode previous to this, and I really encourage all of our listeners to go and check that out, where we really specifically talked about your testimony and what a cool story that you guys have to tell. You talked about the journey that you guys both went through in losing your dad and also how that inspired you guys to really do what you're doing now with your with your music ministry, with your nonprofit, with your books that you're both writing. And that's what we kind of want to focus on here is just more of an understanding of the message behind what you're doing now with your songs, with your ministry, and with your books that you have coming out. And Alicia, I know that you have a book coming out very soon, and so I would love to focus on that first and and just introduce that to the audience and, and maybe understand more of the specifics of why you were writing that, why you wrote that, and how it relates to your journey. Yeah, so actually it's available now for on, on our website, aliciaandwhitney.com, but the the title is Reset, Recalibrate, Restore, and really I felt I had been on such a journey with the Lord from our dad's passing, and so much growth had taken place, and so much just life lessons, and whether it be in healing from our broken home you know, when our parents divorced, or healing from grief, or learning about giftings that God placed inside me or learning about purpose and partnering with God for your purpose. And there was, there was all these lessons that I learned. And But how do you tie all that up into one book? I think that's one of the things as a writer that can, for people that want to write a book or start or share their story is like, where do I start? What do I include? And what do I keep out? And, and how do I organize that? And one day, I was thinking about, I felt this tug on my heart to start writing. And I just felt like the Lord gave me those three words. And and he said, I want you to categorize your story into these three parts, reset, recalibrate, restore. And the reset was like when the reset button had been pressed on my life, where I was felt like I was at rock bottom, where I was in grief, where I said, okay, I, I can't continue the way I've been walking or I can't continue in this way, where do I go from here? And so I share about that and I share in 
the and recalibrate in that section of chapters in the book of how God, like the title of our podcast, brought me up higher, how he recalibrated me to his standard. And that's through learning to be teachable and pliable and mendable in his hands and learning to to lay down attitudes and offenses and be put on the potter's wheel and let him remove the marring from the clay and make you into a new vessel to the restored aspect of it and what that looks like. And one of the main things I talk about, <clears throat> about being restored is restored people, restore people. And so God will often, after he takes you and brings you into a different level of healing and and it helps you through these things, he'll often call you back into those old environments or into similar situations in other people's lives and help them through it. And so that's the book in a nutshell. And I'm super excited about it. It's been a few years in the making and the fact that it's available now and and out there and in in the atmosphere, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Isn't it amazing though, when you've been working on, you said it's been a few years in the making. Isn't it really cool when you've been working on something for a few years and you're able to put it out into the world? What, you know, what an amazing feeling that has got to be. It's exciting and it's scary all at the same time because especially a book like of this nature, I share, like we talked about in the last episode, you have to be vulnerable. And that that's always like a, an aspect too. It's like, oh gosh, here it goes. <laughs> but, but yeah, super, super rewarding and just happy to have that completed. Yeah. And reset, recalibrate and restore as you were, as I was learning about the book I just thought those are things that we need to do often. And I feel like oftentimes, to your point, wait for those types of things. We wait to to sort of recalibrate and restore. We we put those types of things off. And man, if we didn't do that, if we made that sort of a sort of a a constant thing in our life, how how would we grow from that, right? Yeah, that's so true. And that's something too I talk about the book. Like it doesn't have to be a huge rock bottom moment. Like it doesn't like it it doesn't have to be that it's an invitation to like anybody that follows Christ and wants to have a relationship with him to just go from glory to glory, from grace to grace with him is it's a never ending process, but it's a beautiful process because there's always, he never leaves the way they are. When you partner with him, growth is inevitable. And so that's, yeah, that's, I'm glad that you got that from that because that's awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I can't wait to check that out. Whitney, I know you also have two books, right? Is that correct? You have two books out? Yeah. The first one I wrote, it's called Beauty for My Ashes. We touched on it last episode, but it's just, I was in the hospital. Uh, we all were with our dad just surrounding his bed and we took his last breath. I just sitting back and thinking like, okay, what does life look like from here? Because I was going to school for business and marketing and our dad was in ministry. So the plan was I'd get my degree and and help him with his ministry and so on and so forth. And so much of my future was like built upon those things. And it, it just came crumbling down when he unexpectedly passed away. That just really marked the journey of me going back to the core of who God created me to be. But just really, it was the beginning of a grief journey that I had never walked before. And that's a scary place to be at. I'd lost other loved ones, but each relationship affects you differently. And so when in losing my dad, it was just a huge loss and a huge devastation. And so it was like, I just remember telling God that um, in the hospital room, it was like, I don't know of, of anything good that could come from this, but I know that 
if any, if anyone could bring good from it, it's you. Like, and that's what your word says. And so I'm willing to partner with you. If you can promise something good will come out of this, like I'm willing to partner with you. And that really began that like beauty for my ashes kind of, of journey uh, where God just really, really walked me through what he was talking about. <laughs> and I say, like when he says he, he can bring beauty from ashes. And so I actually gave my book that title and it's just a, a small book that just hits like the major points of walking through grief with God and what that looks like and how you can do that in a healthy way. And I just even talk about like how grief is a process and it's something that we don't need to try and rush through. A lot of times we'll find that we try and set dates on stuff, right? After six months, like I'll be over this or after, after we get all the, the whole first year done, all the first over with, I'll... I'll get through this grief, but you can't do it with grief. Like I learned that really fast. I just kept putting these timelines on myself and God's like, nope, that's not how this works with you. And um, I actually had a mentor of mine tell me, you've got to quit, got to quit doing the timelines. So I just talk about things like that, like just letting yourself, just giving yourself time and just doing the next thing you know to do because it's so easy to get lost. Time doesn't really exist when you're in like deep grief. It's just this, it's like everybody else is, is living and things are going on around you, but you just feel like you're in this, I don't know, this space like is the best way I can describe it. And so sometimes it's just, like, I don't know where to go from here. And so I just talk about just doing what's in front of you to do, even if it's as simple as um, going to work and just showing up and doing that or taking your kids to school, sports practice, or if it's going to school for me, like I had to step away from school for a season. And so I just talk about just those practical things that, that I know when I was facing grief for the first time, I had no clue um, what I was going to be walking through. And so I just hope it's an encouragement to everyone that reads it. And, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback from it, that it has been just kind of a blessing for people who've gone through loss. So that's what my first book is about. And my second book is <clears throat> entitled Occupy While Waiting, The Singles Guide to Pursuing God, Purpose, and Healthy Relationships. So a totally different genre of a book. They're both faith-based, of course. But yeah, I just felt Honestly, God's history with me has just been like when he's brought me out of something, he's always had me like turn around and, and help others with that same situation. It's, it's literally what she just said. People restore people. God doesn't bring you through situations just to just to bring you through them, but it's also to help bring others through. Like when God was working through Moses, like it wasn't just for Moses. It was so that he could bring an entire nation, Israel, and eventually into the promised land. That's how... That's God's history, track record with those people. With Occupy While Waiting, as a Christian single, it's just, it's a, a weird space to be in once you pass like college age, late, mid to late 20s, into your 30s, and you're unmarried. There's not necessarily a place for you always in the church. There's a lot of stuff for college age and youth group and stuff like that, and then marrieds and families. But I just, I really noticed that gap and was just like, all right, God, like, how can we fill it? You're bringing it to my attention. And so what can we do about this? And so I wanted to write a book just, just for that demographic um, of people. And honestly, it's not limited to that age group, but just anyone who's single in the church that what life can look like in Christ and pursuing God and your purpose and healthy relationships. So that's what that book's all about. And it's not, let's talk about dating and marriage and stuff in it. But honestly, a lot of it's just about learning to hear God's voice and how it, crucial and important that is for, for each and every one of us, because 
there are going to be situations that you're going to, you're going to have to make some choices and decisions. Like as much as I love my sister and she has my best interest in heart, like she can't make decisions for me. She can't hear God's voice for me a hundred percent of the time. She may have a word for me or something, but I have to learn to be able to do that on my own and to feel God's leading and direction. So I talk about that. I talk about the type of friends that are important to have around you. And I talk about going back to the core of who God created you to be and, and how to really find your purpose and your calling in life and what that looks like walking in. So it's just really a book that, that I wanted to be able to sit down and read. <laughs> and so that's what I wanted to offer people who are in a similar situation, that singleness, is a, it's a gift. And a lot of times it's not appreciated. People are always trying to get you married off and things, which marriage is a good thing. And obviously, like, I want that one day in a family and things. But God, that doesn't mean that God doesn't have purpose for me right here where I'm at. And actually, like, everything I've done so far has been as a single starting our music ministry recording albums like doing missions work writing books and so i want that to be an encouragement for singles out there who are desiring to get married that like life doesn't start at marriage it starts right where you're at god has a purpose for you right here and you don't have to wait marriage isn't necessarily like the best part of life like Every part of life is the best part of life when you're doing it with God. It all matters, and he has a purpose for all of it. So that is the long version of what that book is about. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And you brought up a couple times just finding your purpose. And I think that is perhaps something that people struggle with a lot, maybe more so in, in sort of the generations like the the millennials and Gen Z, like the younger generations, maybe a bit more there, but I think probably it's always something that people have struggled with. You know, we tie our purpose to our job. We tie our purpose to the relationships that we're in or the lack of relationships that we're in. We tie our purpose to so many different things. And regardless of what that is, that will fall at some point in time. Everything that we can place our purpose in is really... Is, is really open to failure with the exception of placing your trust and placing your foundation in Christ. But I, I do think that really hits hard for people and just identifying what their purpose is. So thank you guys both for putting that out. And my guess is uh, the songs that you sing, and I know you write all of your, most of your songs, I believe, that is that sort of the same message that people would hear in a lot of your music content as well? It's really interesting, like a lot of our songs, uh, we, we'll co-write or we'll write on our own or whatever, but a lot of our songs are birthed out of our personal worship time with the Lord, like sitting at home at the piano, had my morning cup of coffee, my devotion time, just free flow singing, whatever, or out of scriptures that we've read and or life experiences, but like the, the majority of our songs are written from those heart to heart times with the Lord. And so we really, with those, it's just like getting a glimpse into our heart cry to the Father or our heart cry in those situations. We've actually, a lot of our songs are that kind of in that realm or I guess where they start from. But we also have songs that we've written that are storytelling songs. Like I, before I got married, we lost our dad the year that I was engaged. So like I went through the whole wedding planning process and just in the middle of grief and things like that, thinking about not having that daddy daughter dance moment or walking down the aisle and 
one of the nights I just remember I was like just grieving that and looking at old photos of him and stuff and just just felt this resolve come into my spirit that just was you wouldn't wish him back you know where he is he's in paradise he's not sick he's not you know hurting he's not experiencing the the things that we experience in this world like you wouldn't wish him back and I was like I wouldn't because I know where he's at but I will say, Daddy, save a dance for me. Save one for me up there. And I wrote a song entitled that, Daddy, save a dance for me, to be played at like my wedding. And, and, and it just talks about, I wouldn't wish you back, but here I am. Like, I'm in the white dress and I, I miss you, but will you save a dance for me kind of thing in heaven one day when we're dancing before Jesus together. And it's been really cool to watch that song that was written like in one of those midnight hard moments like to see it blossom into something and like it's our most viewed video on youtube we have it's our most listened to song on spotify and like we have we actually ended up having to put the instrumental available on our website because brides were wanting people to perform it at their weddings and stuff and so that's other than the worship songs, like that's another aspect is, is we just have our, our heart to heart moments where we write out like those story telling songs in the process. But Core is our first album that we wrote during that time of grief. And we have a second album called A Portrait of Worship. And it, that's just our heart is that our worship would paint a beautiful picture for the father, what he sees when he sees our lives, that it would just be pleasing to him. And uh, currently crowdfunding and we have all the songs written but to work on our third album so we're excited about that as well i believe that music specifically can speak to people in in an emotional way that a lot of other things can or maybe nothing else can especially grief you know we've talked a lot about grief in our our previous episode together and, and here as well but i think Grief specifically is something that, man, if you find the right song that just hits you in the right way, it can be so helpful, so very helpful to you, potentially in a way that just nothing else can. And I don't know the dynamics, I don't know the chemistry of all that, but it just seems to me that music has a special place uh, of impact when it comes to things like grief. Yeah. What's neat is we've even we've mentioned that we do missions work, and so we've been to Honduras. Tanzania and then we were in Israel but more for the sites and tourists thing but in all those places we were able to sing and sometimes we're leading worship at church or like in Israel it was like a hotel lobby where like a bunch of us just crowded around a piano but just to see like despite language barriers and everything like and even despite the cultural differences and religious yeah yeah, differences especially with israel it was so cool to see how it just united all of us and it didn't matter like even like with the church services that we led worship in we just all went to that same place and what i love is that each place like has a unique sound and so god like when we were worshiping in Tanzania, man, I was just like, this is what heaven has to sound like. Because they like, everyone was singing. Everyone can sing. Everyone has beautiful voices, like in the crowd. Here, like in the States, I feel like everyone tries to like not be heard in the crowd because they don't think they can sing. But in Tanzania, like everyone's just like belting it because they have beautiful voices. And yeah, it's just like a really neat kind of all the walls are down when it comes to music. And regardless of where you're from or what language you speak, like God 
whatever he did to music, like whatever special ingredient he put in it, like it just unites us. And I love that so much about music. Absolutely. I, I can agree. Yeah. I think what's the, the universal language, I guess. What would you say to the, what would you say to the person that is maybe where you guys were when you were starting on your journey and trying to identify what their passion is, trying to identify what their purpose is, uh, trying to follow Christ. Something that comes to mind is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you and um, not allowing labels that other people have put on you or maybe labels that you've even put on yourself to be the hallmark by which you, you know, live your life by or think that this is all I'm going to be. Whether, like you mentioned before, whether it's your giftings, whether it's your job, whether it's your shortcomings, whether it's your sins, so often we can allow people to label us that he's the slacker or she's this or what she's the overachiever or whatever it is. And we can find our identity in those things and be so wrapped up when we can't play that sport anymore because of an injury. What, who am I then or whatever. But when we wrap our identity in Christ and who he says we are, that the circumstances may change, the environments may change and the people around us may change and they may affirm us or they may be against us, whatever it is. But when we build our life upon that foundation, you always know where to run back to. Sometimes I know even in my own life, you can get off base or you can try to people please, or you can try to fit those images of what maybe the world deems as successful, but you're never going to be happy unless you're doing what God called you to do and designed you to do. You can do a lot of things that look great on paper, that look on social media or whatever, but if they're not what God asked you to do, you're going to you're going to be empty. And one of one of the things that like as far as a step-by-step thing or what do I do? What how do I make this decision? One of the things that we've gone by is follow the peace. And even if an opportunity's come and it's really scared us because we're like, we're not qualified or we're blah, blah, but there's still been like a piece that's deep inside that says, no, you should take this step and do it. But there's been times where there's been big opportunities opened up to us, but there's, it didn't feel right inside, even though it could on paper be exposed us to a lot of people and do this and do this and could open a lot of, but it didn't have the peace that accompanied with it. I think that's a real telltale sign is that when you spend time with the Father and you recognize His presence and you recognize what His peace is in and what it's not in, that's like such a great tool to have. Just have those day-by-day decisions that come up. Yeah, it's so good. She said a lot of good things. I don't know what more I could add, but I guess um, one thing that comes to my mind is just like following after Christ is countercultural and God's going to... God requires things of us and asks things of us that are seem really maybe like backwards or different to people who are just living the American dream or who are just living for themselves or their flesh. And just a heads up, not everybody's going to have the vision that you have. And part of that is because that's the vision God's given you. That's your baby to, to carry and to take care of. So not everybody's going to have 
have that vision or support you in that. But just knowing that if God's called me to do this, like I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to do it because there's a reason for that. Alicia said, when you submit your life to Christ, like you're never fully satisfied unless you're living the life that he has. There are temporary pleasures. There are things that maybe offer some security or things like that, but it's never, trust me when I say it pales in comparison to what a life living sold out for Christ is. He's taken us on a lot of adventures that we never would have gone on or never could have dreamed or imagined because we said yes to him. And so just continue, even when it doesn't make sense, continue to say yes to him, even when uh, it's hard. hard, Yeah. (laughs) Even when life hasn't turned out like you expect it to just keep saying yes to him because there is a reward and there is a plan and a purpose for you. And so just don't give up on that. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say to that person relationally, specifically Whitney? I mean, even of you, but Whitney, you wrote a book on this. So what would you say to that person relationally that is trying to figure out graduating college or coming into adulthood, trying to balance finding your purpose, your career, and also sort of the thought process of singleness, of marriage, and just the complexity of that? What would you say to, to that aspect of it? Yeah. Well, I wish I had the clean cut answer. If anybody has a, a nice formula, hit me up, email me. I would love to hear it. But I guess, yeah, just for me, it's been, there's a, a verse, man, Paul says it. I can't think of where it's at right now, but in the message version, basically Paul, don't be wishing you were some somewhere else or with someone else. Where you are right now is where God has you. So live, obey, believe, love right here. This is something like that. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But I know it just says live and love and obey like right here, right where you're at. And my my encouragement from, and listen, I'm, I'm living in it. Just what gets me through is just saying, like, all right, God, what do you have for me right here? And just trying to really be present with if you're graduating college, of course, uh, celebrating and and job hunting and doing all that stuff, but just realizing that life is so much more about the journey than it is the destination. Because that's what I spent my whole life growing up thinking like, man, once I get to this, once I graduate college, once I move out on my own, once I get married and have kids. But what I've realized is those are really cool milestones, but I didn't really learn stuff in those destinations. I learned it like on my way there. And so just finding significance in in the waiting or or in the process, it would be my best encouragement to you because life doesn't start at those big milestone moments. It's going on right now and you'll miss it if you just keep keep your eyes looking at the destination, the purpose and and the roots grow in the journey. The mountaintops are cool, but it's the valleys and, and things where the roots grow deep and where trees grow and there's life. So I guess that would be my best encouragement. <laughs> yeah, those are wise words. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And, and I agree. You know, I think even if we look through the heroes of the Bible, so to speak, we see, we, we often see the major parts of their life, either the low valleys or the high mountains that they're on. But the rest of the time they're living life, they're going through the same sort of struggles and the same sort of things that that we do. And I think sometimes we miss that specifically with Jesus. He's an amazing example of this. If you just look at his life and look at how he handled relationships and look at how he, how he dealt with, with people. Um, he did it in a very deep way. He did it in a very intentional way and he lived life with people. And so I think it rings true to that. I think you're just putting out some really cool stuff. And so I encourage our audience to go check it out. I know you said aliciaandwhitney.com. Go ahead and tell us your, you mentioned last episode, your social media and and kind of where some could follow you. If you would mention that again as we close down so people can continue to follow you. 
Yeah. So of course our website's a great place to start, alishaandwinnie.com. And then uh, you can find us on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, <laughs> at Alicia and Whitney. And uh, you can find our music anywhere where music is streamed, Apple Music, Google, Spotify, Pandora, etc. And then our podcast is uh, coming up higher and you can find that anywhere where uh, podcasts are streamed. So we would love to have you um, subscribe. We have YouTube channel as well. So you can find us at a lot of different places. But definitely like subscribe to our content so you can see whenever we release new stuff because we're always releasing something. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you have an album, a third album coming out, I believe, in 2022. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that coming yeah, up soon. Start, coming up soon. Yeah, we're, we're going to start recording or hopefully get working on the music aspect of it at the beginning of 2022 january yeah we're be on the lookout for that and we're super excited about it it's going to be our best one yet i think mm -hmm. so we're working with a great producer and and that makes we're excited to work with him and so we're yeah it's going to be good so stay tuned <laughs> oh that's awesome well i've heard several of your songs on your first two albums so if it's the better of those three and I'm, I'm sure it will be amazing thank you guys so much it's been a pleasure chatting with you looking forward to staying in touch with with your content and, and what you guys are up to i encourage our audience to to go check out your website and and check out some music buy your books thank you so much it was good chatting with you guys Thanks for joining us in this series as we explore more about who Jesus is. So much in our society has been influenced by his life in some way. Something I think about is that if I wanted to be the best painter I could possibly be, I would probably find the best painter in history to pattern after, maybe Leonardo da Vinci. If I wanted to create a really cool computer company, I would probably follow Steve Jobs. Plus, I don't know, apples are my favorite fruit, so that sort of makes sense. If I wanted to live the best life I possibly could, not just a good life, not even just a great life, but the best life, I would try to find someone who lived life perfectly. The only person I know of who has done that is Jesus. If you heard something today you're curious about, you have questions on, or you simply want to learn how to apply the message that Jesus gave us to your own life, I invite you to reach out. You can contact us just by going to our page at befunbecon.com forward slash Jesus taught me that. I'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>